What is up, GG Jar Nation? Uh, we're back at you with another potty. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a lone wolf today. Uh, Tickle Me Needles is at U Tampa, causing havoc down south. Rooney's on the IR with a shoulder injury, so he's just slinging it around in Milton, Mass with Keith Yandel. Um, but, I mean, it, it's only proper of me to start off this episode with Dream On Aerosmith. Um, today's the anniversary of For Miracle, um, that 1980 squad that ended up upsetting the Soviets in the semis and went on to win gold. Um, you know, this one's for you, Herb. Today, we got a lot for you. We got a lot for you. Um, you know, obviously, Jack Eichel's returned back to the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, and then we got Marty St. Louis, um, the hire of the Montreal Canadiens to be their interim head coach for the rest of the season. And then we're going to touch on, once again, it's only proper that we talk OBX, uh, our predictions while they're out there, uh, filming that right now. Um, so it's good to, uh, get our predictions in here. And then I'm going to end off with a gold story of mine. But yeah, just to start off with Jack Eichel. Um, I mean, this guy is a stud. There's no other way to put it. You haven't played a game in a year. Your first three GPs back. His first three games, he has a bingo and two helpers. So he's a point per game. <laughs> he hasn't played in a year. Okay. Goes out. He's already a point per game. Imagine what, when he gets to game 2025 of the year, I can only imagine what his numbers are going to look like. Because he's just getting started. That's what it seems like. I mean, first three GPs, hasn't played a game in over a year, point per game. Is that good? I don't know. You tell me. Okay, bud. Um, and now we're going to talk about Marty St. Louis. Okay. Let me remind you, Marty St. Louis was a great player, a great player, but his coaching experience, I mean, his last coaching job was last year he coached the mid-Fairfield out of Connecticut. He coached their peewee team. Now he's coaching Montreal Canadiens. That's a big time jump, if you ask me, okay? Um, but, I mean, Marty's been, he's a guy that, I mean, he was an angry 5'6", maybe a buck 60 soaking wet uh, with rocks and stones in his pockets. Um, I mean, at that day and age when Marty was playing, everybody played with a lot of sandpaper. Okay, it was a more of a physical game. Back in the day, they controlled the better players more, where today it's a skilled game. It's fast as it's ever been. Um, there's Michigan, there's just a lot of creative plays where there wasn't that when Marty was playing. So a lot of people told him no. So he's just kind of an inspiring hockey player um, that everybody, when they grew up, uh, loved. So I think for the Montreal Canadiens, um, they've been awful, right? They're terrible. They just barely, we're talking end of February, they just barely touched double digits as far as the W columns. I mean, that's insane. Um, you know, half their lineup, uh, because they're so banged up, is American League hockey players. So it, it doesn't matter if it's Marty St. Louis, if it's me, it's Nanny Wood, it's Herb Brooks, Craig Patrick. It, it doesn't matter, okay? Because whoever you're throwing over the boards, quite frankly, for the Montreal Canadiens, 
other than like five guys, they're just not meant to play in the NHL. They're not National League players. But, I mean, right now, let's talk about them right now. I mean, they just won three games in a row. <laughs> and everybody's going ballistic. And they're saying, are the Habs back? Is it too late to make the playoffs? Not actually. They're out of the playoffs. But everyone's going crazy because this is the, never mind them winning three. It's the first time they've won two in a row since the Western Conference Final in the playoffs where they beat Vegas game five, game six. Okay? It's insane. And then you want to talk Cole Caulfield. He's over a point per game ever since Marty's came back. And and Cole Caulfield was never in, um, you know, he's never in the con- conversation to win Rookie of the Year. And now, like, you know, Ever since Marty's came back, like people are now, he's kind of, he's not on the li- the like the top five list, but he's a bubble player now for getting rookie of the year. If he puts together, he finishes February strong. He's back, uh, a, a good contender, r- winning rookie of the year. But I think the reason why Cole is so good uh, for him to play under Marty is, you know, Marty, he's letting his good players do their thing. He's not going to get in their way, and like I said. Cole's a, a guy, once again, he's angry 5'6", and there's a guy that knows how to play at this level, being that small, it's Marty St. Louis, and his confidence is just on an all-time high right now, it's through the through the roof, um, so it's great to see, like, for me, being a Habs fan, I watch the full 82 games, all three periods, I don't miss a beat, okay, I just don't. And this year it's just been tough to watch, but ever since Marty's um, came back, or sorry, got hired, um, I've been tuning in and it's just been much more fun to watch, even though they got no chance to make the playoffs. And um, the last thing I want to talk to you about uh, before I get into my story we want to talk OBX season three. Obviously, Chase Stokes, Maddie Klein are done, right? So it adds a little bit of drama. What, what does this leave for the TV show, right? Because that relationship isn't going well in real life. So my buddy, I have a couple buddies that went to Phillips Exeter, and that's where Chase Stokes' brother went. And I heard through the grapevine, through my buddies, that his brother told him that Stokes, he cheated on her. So when you talk cheating, obviously their relationship in real life isn't all sunshine and rainbows, okay? So who knows what's going to happen there? Are they going to kind of change the script up a little bit because of that? Or, I mean, what is this show without those two being together? That's That's the issue that I see, so... Um, you know, I think you got to keep them together. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I'm a fan. I'll be the first to tell you that. Um, but I think kind of the, the general layout's going to be obviously John B's dad. We all thought he was dead. Um, but obviously he's still alive. So he's going to be a big part to do with season three. And I think it's going to come down to, I don't think John B's dad is good as is going to be as good of a guy as we think he is. So I think it's going to come down to John B kind of deciding, are you going to go with the Pokes, get the gold with them, or are you going to be with John B? Because I think John B's dad is going to be just like Ward, very selfish. So that that's kind of my uh, take on it. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting because there's definitely a little drama off the camera that adds, I mean, when your job is to love the guy, the guy that cheated on you and is your ex-boyfriend, that's a tough job to ask. So I don't see the, the acting be being too electric in uh, season three for OBX. But lastly, I, uh, I just want to share a story. So this happened two years ago, right? Um, every New Year's uh, for Cushing, they uh, host a New Year's tournament, right? So we have to uh, go back a, a couple days before New Year's to get a couple practices and get the boots moving. Uh, so we're ready, ready to go for uh, the tournament, right? So me and my buddy are heading down. He lives in Montreal. So obviously I live like an hour from there. So we carpooled down. We stop at Maplefields, which is a great gas station, BTW. So I stop in there. I think I got like a chocolate milk, maybe a bag of Fritos and fill up the gas. and get threw in like 20 bucks on the mom CC and uh, we're, we're taking off, right? So I'm pulling out this lady who's about a football field away, throws her blinker on. So me being like, okay, like she's turning, I'm going to pull out. Well, she keeps stepping on the pedal, ends up tagging my truck. So I pull over, she pulls over, I head over to her vehicle and I say, hey, look, man, you had your blinker on. I thought you were turning, right? You don't throw your blinker on if you're not going to turn. Um, and she started crying and being like, I know, I know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I just gave her a pat on the back. I said, it's all good, ma'am. Take a deep breath. We'll figure this out. Why don't we head over to my truck? We'll look at the damage and go from there. So she's like, all right. So we head over to my truck, right? And I kind of see her reaching in her purse and she throws out, she pulls out a fitty, right? And says, Hey, look. Why don't I give you this 50? We call it even. I looked at her. I look at my truck. I look back at her. I said, with all due respect, ma'am, I appreciate the lunch money, but I ain't going to pay for the damage you just did in my truck, okay? And she's like, well, I don't have a license. This is my boyfriend's car. I don't know what you want me to do. So I'm like, I, I don't know what to do here. I, I got to call the cops. So I told her that, and she's like, well, not the... No, I'm not trying to cause problems here, but if you call the cops, I'm taking off. Well, I was like, well, well, that's a hit and run. And she just kind of kept saying that she's taking off. And I'm like, well, I have no choice. I don't know what to do here. So I called the cops. She hops in her car, starts it up. And I was like, hey, Pascal, make sure you get a picture of her license plate. So we get a picture. She takes off. Like, I literally felt like I was, I don't know if you guys seen the movie Identity Thief. But I felt like I was in a scene of that, okay? So she takes off. The cop shows up, and he's like, hey, dude, like, what happened here? And I was like, look, she had her blinker on. I thought she was turning. She kept stepping on the pedal. She tags me. She offers me 50 bones for the damage. Tells me she doesn't have a license. This is her boyfriend's car. She's taken off, and she took off. And he's like, well, where'd she go? And I'm like, I look a little bit down the road. And I'm like, hey, look, sir, I'm not trying to be funny here. But that's actually her going through the D through at Mick Skanks or number four Mick Chicken with a couple patches of sweet and sour. (laughs) 
and he we shared a couple laughs about it and um you know <laughs> i thought it was <laughs> it was a pretty interesting story to say the least but that's all i got for you today obviously i'm a lone wolf today like i said needles down south you tampa i'll be there at the end of the month so we're gonna shoot a potty in tampa um but we'll be a little more active here um so uh obviously it's a pleasure to do these podcasts but that's all i got for you it's good night jim kite here from woody Uh, i'll smell you guys later